there's also a, a discipline and a routine that comes with sports that actually is really helpful for kids, especially right now. We have, you know, these things that are available and most kids have them a screen, whether it's one that fits in your pocket or whether it's an iPad or whether it's a Kindle. I'll say this, I would rather people be engaged with sports than spending more time on screens. Mm -hmm. But I do think balance is needed. Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. Hey, everybody. Good to have you here this morning. We have our second in the series on character, especially as it pertains to sports, with Kevin Bailey. So much of what we learn on the field or the gym can be applied to all of life. If you recall, we're going over the three tenets of the Adventure Parenting with Grace ministry. And those are Christ identity, which we talked about first, and now we're in character, and then we will be in communication. So be sure not to miss any of these. Last week, we talked about the Christian and character in sports. And we talked about what do you do when your son or daughter strikes out? And it was so good and so balanced. If you haven't heard it, be sure to go back and listen to it. So now we're jumping in to a jam-packed podcast number two in the Christian in sports with Kevin Bailey. So here we go. Okay, so you are very passionate about athletics, and we can hear that. I know you are, and I totally understand and love that. And obviously, you're passionate about the Lord. Absolutely. So would you say you have a priority of one over the other? Well, yeah, absolutely. We have the invitation as followers of Jesus to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, and not for that to just be a declaration, but it to be something that's demonstrated in our lives. And so, of course, my devotion is to the Lord. In fact, he's the reason why I engage in these coaching opportunities. And it's his love that compels me forward into these spaces. What would be challenging is if I had a theology or a worldview that had a secular versus sacred divide. If I, as we go to practices and as we go to games with my kids, we pray every, every time we're going. Hey, God, we're so grateful for this opportunity. God, you've called us to be light and salt in these places. Would you give us somebody to bless today? And so we view these aspects and we've got to be cautious because it's not always there are plenty of times where either emotions might get the best of us or we might get too wrapped up in something and that'll happen and, and we have to deal with it. But this is part of our spiritual act of worship that I'm not worshiping baseball. I'm worshiping Jesus as I engage with these amazing creatures in whom he's created and made in his image. And I'm also worshiping Jesus by delighting in being human. Um, and so if I didn't have a worldview that saw that as part of worship, part of my discipleship unto Jesus, in a way in which to be fully human and following Jesus in this flourishing life, that would be way more challenging. And I think I would maybe feel guilt. Maybe I'm not spending as much time praying as I ought, or maybe I should be putting more time into that sermon. And in the reality, I think one of the things that the Lord is teaching us 
is that no, he's, he's writing sermons in the middle of the coaching experience. No, he is doing ministry. Ephesians 4, you're equipped for the work of the ministry. Part of my ministry is coaching. And I've got an elder team that believes that as well, which is really, really helpful. But I think so often we have this secular versus sacred divide that is really unhelpful. And we think this is me time and then this is worship time. Now, I think one of the aspects of your question, Lori, is probably also connecting to the, well, how do you handle the Sunday morning stuff? How do you handle balancing this out? Because we're instructed in Hebrews not to forsake the gathering. I obviously, I am a pastor. I'm a lead pastor. I believe that the church is called to regularly gather. And I think it's incredibly important that our Sunday gatherings have a very high priority. So uh, for me personally, we're in a season right now where there are a lot of games on Sunday. It's all-star season. And during the normal regular season, there's no games on Sunday uh, practices or anything like that. But during all-stars, there's a short window of time where there are some games on Sunday. Now, for me as a pastor, it's part of my job and my commitment uh, to, of course, be at our gatherings on Sunday. And you might ask, like, well, what do you do with the boys? How, how does that work? And we've made the decision that if this were a regular pattern, we would not be okay with it and we wouldn't sign up for it. A short stint is a different than an established pattern. And so I do not believe that it's acceptable or beneficial teaching to our children that we're trying to raise in the Lord to, on a regular basis, miss our Sunday gatherings. Uh, however, when we do, if we miss our Sunday gatherings, we up our intentionality at home. So there's, there's a training element that happens in our teaching and instructing of our kids. Because again, this comes down to making sure that we understand for us, we are the primary disciple makers of our kids. God has called us to engage with them in um, regular participation on Sunday is part of that discipleship. And if there's something that interrupts that, uh, we make sure to make some corrections. And we're really quick to understand that for some people, habits can be broken and or new habits can start to form quickly if we don't. So there might be temptation for folks who engage in sports. And I've seen this regularly where it starts with something like All-Stars. They're like, okay, there's going to be three weeks this summer where we're not going to be able to attend on Sunday. And in the grand scheme of things, especially with what's the way attendance is these days, that's nothing in many, in many respects. Um, however, three weeks can turn into nine weeks or six weeks or 12 weeks. And then all of a sudden they've signed up for fall ball and they've and fall ball has a tendency to be on Sunday morning. And now we're like, well, we made the exception for all stars. So we're going to make the exception for fall ball. And now we have 12 weeks where our kids aren't attending. And I would say to very much pay attention to that. Your kid is not going to miss out on uh, growing as a baseball player if you say no to these rhythms that are going to impact other rhythms that do take higher priority. And so attending and being part of the Sunday gathering for us takes priority over uh, like a regular season, which would be anywhere from 10 to 16 weeks. That would not be something that we would be okay with. Three weeks, different story. But I would highly encourage people to say, hey, 
we need to make sure that we're disciplined to get back into the gathering on a regular basis. And summer is a hard time for people in general to be regular at the gathering. But I would say it's really important because the humans that we are, back to kind of what we talked about earlier, we'd like to make excuses as to why maybe we're not going to make it to the gathering, uh, whether it's vacation or whether it's we were up late Saturday night or getting ready to go to the beach Sunday afternoon, or we just want to go to the beach, fill in the blank. There are loads of excuses that we can make. And the reality is we need to make sure that our priorities are high. And I think we need to honor scripture, not forsake the gathering because of what God does in those spaces, challenging us, encouraging us, using us to equip the body. And our kids need to see that regularly. And then I would say, if you're in a space, like an all-star season, uh, we need to understand that we're always discipling our kids, but what are we discipling them unto? Are we discipling them unto Jesus? Are we discipling them unto pony baseball or unto club soccer? What are we discipling them into? We are either discipling them toward Jesus or we are discipling them toward something else. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I mentioned it a little bit, but especially ever since COVID, regular attendance within the United States in a church is down so much. The average attendee of a church goes, I think, once every three weeks, which once every three weeks doesn't sound like a rhythm to me. That's an event. And church isn't an event. Um, mm -hmm. And the gathered body of Jesus is not an event. It is what the people of God do. And if the people of God are not gathering on a regular basis with a committed group of people together, we are missing out on being the people that God has called us to be in the city that he's called us to be in. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Thank you for that. I love your perspective. Really good. Yeah, of course. I have a question for you. Yeah. Fire away. Yeah. What about our busy, hurried culture? And mm. I was guilty of that with my kids. They were in piano lessons. They were in music. They were in Awana. They were in multiple activities and they were busy all the time. And there is talk among circles that kids being too busy is not good. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. And so I'm even wondering if what I did was right. I don't know. So <laughs> that's a great question. We can really second guess ourselves a lot. But do you have all the time. thought on, I think you do. I think you've talked about uh, spaces in our lives, but what do you think about parents having their kids so, so busy and sports is yeah. one of them? Yeah. How, how do we handle that? Yeah, that's such a great question. And honestly, it's one that I've asked later around a lot because there is a fullness to life. Uh, and I don't know that I have the answer. I think it's something we have to pay attention to. I was hoping uh, you would have the answer. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Me too. Because I, I go back and forth. Because even though there's a hurriedness to some extent that can come with sports, there's also a, a discipline and a routine that comes with sports that actually is really helpful for kids, especially right now. We have, you know, these things that are available and most kids have them a screen, whether it's one that fits in your pocket or whether it's an iPad or whether it's a Kindle, 
I'll say this. I would rather people be engaged with sports than spending more time on screens. Mm-hmm. But I do think balance is needed. I think the rhythms that God provides are important uh, from Sabbath to we're told that God gives to his beloved rest. He gives to them sleep. And we have the temptation to fill every moment. So I think this is something that we need to be cautious of. I'm a fan of sports, but they can become key really quickly. And sports needs to be a conduit, not a key. So we need to pay attention to that. Most likely your kid playing on this travel ball team is not going to be the thing that makes him a major league baseball player or basketball player or show him the blank. We need to be willing to say no. And so I think my encouragement with parents is you need to have active ongoing conversation if you have a spouse or a close friend or accountability partner of what's too much. Because most likely you're not going to know until it's too late. And we need to pay attention as a parent, especially if you have multiple kids playing sports at the same time, there's no way around it. You are going to be busy. It's going to be full. That is not a bad thing. But the question is, are the priorities that we have in life still able to be achieved? So as a family, as people of faith who are living in our community, like these are things like, am I involved in regular community with people where I'm known and loved, uh, where we're pushing one another towards Jesus? So that could be a community group, a small group, life group. I don't think sports should ever, ever come above those things. Am I regularly engaged in a Sunday gathering? Regularly engaged means that we expect to see each other on Sunday. Like knowing that sometimes something is going to come up. We get that. There's tons of grace. But for people who are committed together, who gather regularly in the same community, the surprise should not be that you're present. The surprise should be that you aren't able to make it. And for many out there, the surprise is that you made it. And I think we want that to be flipped. And then I would make sure that there is some space in your schedule for some form of rest or else you will burn out. And of course, the other would be that you've got to have a personal and regular engagement with God in his word, uh, that you are making sure that you are filled up. Romans 12.1 reminds us that our reasonable worship is to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. And so that means that I can worship Jesus in every area of life. I can be a servant to him in whatever I'm doing. If you have three kids who are in baseball, basketball, and soccer or whatever, you can be a minister in those spaces. Absolutely. But if you're not being filled up, if you're not taking the moments to rest, to engage with God regularly and with others, you are going to burn out. And those places won't be places of worship. Those places will be places of exhaustion. Your response to those places of exhaustion after you've been exhausted all day, you will most likely turn to escaping at night. So whether that's through drinking, Netflix, diving into the doom scroll of Instagram or TikTok or whatever, that will most likely be your response. And eventually your home life will begin to crumble. And we have to make sure that that's not what takes place in our homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Okay, you talked about building character. I do have a question about 
how do you balance a competitive spirit with humility that we are yeah. told to have in the Bible where the first shall be last? Our family, you get us on the foosball table and it's a lot of competition going on. It's very fun. Yeah, I think that's a great question. My family is also incredibly competitive. And this is back to Colossians. We're given the instruction, hey, whatever we do in word or deed, do all to the glory of God. We have the opportunity to do our best in every situation. Now we got to balance that out with, we're also called to be gentle and humble and gracious. And this is probably why I didn't make a good football player. I tried to play football. I was big for my age, kind of was intimidating, but I'm like the biggest teddy bear in the world. And so I would go to tackle somebody and I would grab them aggressively. And then I would like gently lay them down on the ground. Like it was, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I would help them right back up. Um, you know, I played basketball relatively competitively and I would jest with people, but I think sometimes people would think that I wasn't being competitive enough because if somebody made a good pass or somebody made a good shot, I say, Hey, man, that was, that was a good pass. Or I would say, they blocked me. I'm like, that was a good block. And I don't think people know what to do with that. And our church just started a softball team and I'm pitching when people hit a good hit on me, I let them know, man, that was a really good hit. And I just don't think people know how to engage that. I'm also kicked off when our team keeps hitting these little stupid pop flies and get caught all the time. And I'm irritated with my guys. I'm like, guys, come on, we can do better than this. And so there's this push and pull that we can have. So as they get better, how do we, how do we handle being confident without cocky? Most of the best players in sports, they cross that line regularly and it drives me nuts. And I think some people are like, Hey, this is the cost of being good at something. When you're really good at something, you get a little full of yourself, but I think scripture has a lot to say about that person. I think that pride comes before the fall. I think that arrogance leads towards destruction. And so my goal with my players that I have, especially those who tend towards being cocky or arrogant, I'm more forceful with them. And I remember I had one of my kids this last year started kind of arguing with the umpire about a call that was made and I called time and I pulled him to the side, but in front of everybody, let him know this is not who we are. This will not happen again. You will go to the bench. He's the umpire. You are not. We need to respect the calls that are made and instead hit the ball. It's something that we've got to be cautious of. So we'll stop there for now. Well, I am sure encouraged, and I hope you are too. I find it so intriguing that the hour and a half of a game, plus a couple practices, is a microsample of building our character in the ups and downs of life. Be sure to return next week for the final podcast of Kevin's The Christian Character and Sports. And in the meantime, remember this week to rest in the Lord. Thank you.